our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network. Riotcast.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Laugh Button Podcast right here on the Riotcast Network. My name is Mark Seaman. His is Matt Kleinschmidt. We are the LaughButton.com. I'm going to start a petition to change the name from Riotcast to Kleinschmidtcast. Why? Because it's my last name. Duh. Rob Sprantz, if you're listening, you're on notice, buddy. Well, I, I mean, I, no, it, I that's not going to happen. No, of course not. I mean, do you star in, in multiple do you, TV shows? TV shows? Do you well, write TV it, shows? It's not Bobby you... Kelly cast. It's, it's Riot cast. It's not Kelly cast. Do you think Riot is actually an acronym for something? Well, it's a change from the name of what it used to be. It Which used to was? be called uh, the Glory Hole Network. <laughs> And <laughs> it did, didn't it? It did. It did. And I don't didn't know it? if you know about negative connotations for glory holes or not, but basically, and well, then, and can Sprint's, you tell me? Well, I, first, I need to know what one is in order to do, uh, understand do whether an internet it's a, search. Search on your Google box over here and see what okay. it says. <laughs> no, um, what? No, no. Basically, uh, that actually used to be the name of Rob's podcast. Right. He recently changed it to the whole. Well, not recently, a very long time ago, about like a year or so plus. But uh, they, I guess, people start felt weird about saying I'm on the Glory Hole Network on. <laughs> on television when they're doing TV appearances, so they changed the name of the right. podcast. Okay. All right, so there it is. <laughs> Quick history lesson on uh, where the hell we came from, this came from, and why we're here. So, uh, If you hear an abrupt stop start, it's because of Mark edited my ramble down. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, yeah, I took out the part where Matt talks about how, how babies are made. Where so. I explain to you what a glory <laughs> hole is. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so uh, excited about our guest. Uh, this is, um, I don't want to say some leftover because we've actually had, no. we've been Why bottlenecked. Would you say that? Well, we've been bottlenecked with guests because we did a lot of pre-taping. Yeah. You know, while we were on the road, both in L.A. and up at Just for Laughs in Montreal, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and so this is the, the last one sort of from that bunch. Yeah. And I want to give it its due. So we're going to have our interview or I should say my interview. Unfortunately, you weren't there. I don't know where you were. I think I was locked out of a room again. I got locked out of a room like three times. Wait, did the, you really? Did you have to get multiple cards? Like, no, you have to go get new I just, cards? no, it wasn't bad. Like I was naked, locked out of my room. Like my card stopped working for a brief period of time. It's weird, man. It's all right. You carry loose magic. Magnets in your pants? I any? do, actually, yeah. yeah. That'll I, do it. I, I know. I, I, I'll never Just learn. look in your Google box over there. I'll look, look in my Google magnets. box. You look in your you, Google box. You tell me what comes up. <laughs> All right, so uh, while I was up there, I was hanging out in the lobby, and the best part about hanging up, uh, hanging out in the in the lobby at Just for Last is you see every, everybody. Everybody. Everyone. So um, my intent was I was waiting for Alonzo Bowden to show up, mm-hmm. and instead I got a uh, full volume, full yelling Todd Glass, <laughs> which uh, that's how this interview started. And and Todd just <laughs> in full best. Todd glass, you know, doing his <laughs> doing thing. Doing his thing. And yeah. we just end up hanging out, uh, which you'll hear. And then Alonzo shows up, and and then Todd continues to be Todd Glass. So uh, those two were roommates on Last Comic Standing. Love those dudes. And uh, it, it's it's a fun transition. Let's yeah, say that. I'm so sure. so it starts with Todd Glass 
but it ends with Alonzo Bowden. <laughs> it was a hijacked Alonzo Bowden conversation with yes. Douglas. Yes. Which I think uh, we wouldn't want it any other way. I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah. Definitely not. And uh, I can't do anything about it. That that was the way it happened. So <laughs> so that's what everyone's going to get on this episode <laughs> of the podcast. All right. Uh, specials. There are about 80 of them announced. Yes, so, uh, a lot of specials were announced. Let's let Angela Johnson. Let's yep. see. Anthony Jeselnik. Yep. Mike Epps. Yep. Dimitri Martin's yep. coming out this Friday on Mulaney, Netflix. John Mulaney. John Mulaney. Who else we got? We got Natasha Leggero. Right, just announced. Which is a brand of Lamborghini. It is. I think so, it right? It is. Yeah, totally. Hilarious. Yeah, it's a brand of the Lamborghini Leggero. How, how is she not sponsored by them at this Well, point? she's like, definitely got like that elegant type of vibe going sure. on. Yeah. Though. And she's perfect. She had to have uh, like tried. Maybe. Like, she, she's, she's had to have. Absolutely perfect. She's absolutely yeah. perfect for another period yeah. in Comedy Central. Oh, she so fits that role. Her and yeah, yeah. Ricky Lindholm crush that shit. Watch it if you're they not. Do crush it. Yeah, if you're. Um, if, yeah. So they all have specials coming out. I feel like, like we're leaving somebody out. We probably are because Brett Morin is oh uh, taping his special this week. Yeah, he's taping it this week in New York City, and that's going to be on Peter. Netflix as well. It's going to be on Netflix. Margaret Cho Showtime special. I'm telling you, dude. Everyone is taping a comedy special right now. We have all the news up on the laughbutton.com. I think technically Margaret Chose is already taped. You can but find out when they're being taped, when they are taped, when they're being released. New half hours are coming out soon with all those new specials. Six of those, right? Six. Six people that taped half hours of Comedy Central recorded mm-hmm. albums as well. Awesome. One of them was Sam Morrill, which mm-hmm. you and I went to. Yeah. Uh, Liza Traeger, Michelle Buteau, Andrew Santino, Randy Letke, uh, Sean Donnelly. Mm-hmm. That's six, yes. So, uh, you only held up five Yeah, but, but I didn't count Sam Morrill as part of that five. I gotcha. If I held up another finger, you'd yell at me for the microphone being all making weird noises. And correct. Okay. And then also uh, that guy from Princess Bride would show up, who's been looking <laughs> for you for the last twenty-five years. Hey, you wanna be not the six-fingered no, man? <laughs> gotta find. So yes, so many people are taping specials and right. releasing specials in the next couple months. Uh, it's a good time for comedy. It is. It's a great it's, time for comedy. It's a goddamn comedy jam. And, yeah, I love yeah. that show. I did that. Love that show. I did that. All right, lineup for the New York Comedy Festival also announced. Speaking it's of announcements, huge. Dude, huge. Uh, Bill Burr at the Garden. The Let's start there. Fucking Garden. Bill Burr, the Garden. I'm surprised Bill Burr at this point because it's a shame he hasn't done the Garden yet. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't just trump that and say, you know what? I'm doing MetLife Stadium. <laughs> MetLife Stadium. We're, we're doing 90. You know 000. what, though? But the Garden has that, that thing. And it's weird, too. And this is just to kind of put comedy popularity and perspective of the last couple of years up until maybe 2010 2011 i think three or four comics ever headlined the garden mm-hmm. it was like dice carlin carlin and dane cook dane was pre-2010 since then it's been like seven guys yeah louis mm-hmm. regan's doing it aziz Gaffigan's doing it aziz has done mm-hmm. it Burr's doing it. Right. Like, I think Schumer's doing it soon, too, right? She is actually opening up for Madonna. That's right. But the point I'm trying to make is, like, in the last five years, we've doubled the number for the last 20 years. Yes. You know, so it's like, it's a good time for comedy, good time for stand-up, and these guys are doing the the garden. Did you say Gabriel Iglesias? No, but Gabriel Iglesias is doing the garden as well. So, like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's a lot of comedians, and they're all great comedians, and all do perfectly well at the garden, but it's like... Holy shit, that's six or seven new comics in the last five years that took three comics to get there. It's, 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 it's bonkers, dude. Well, that's where comedy's at. 12th yeah. Annual New York Comedy Festival. It's November 10th through the 15th. 
right here in New York City. Um, it's look, it's a big deal, man. Judd yeah. Apatel, Bill Burr, who mentioned Billy Crystal, David Steinberg, Margaret Cho, Pat Oswald, Sarah Silverman, John Leguizamo, Kathy Griffin, Gabriel Iglesias, Norm McDonald, Bill Maher, Camille Nanjiani, Eliza Schlesinger, Trevor Noah, Nathan Fielder from Nathan I've for you. Of, I've the, heard of all of those guys. This is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a big festival in New York every year, uh, put on by the people that run Caroline's right there in the heart of Times Square. Caroline Hirsch. Caroline, yep. Caroline herself. Uh, and it, it associates with Comedy Central. Comedy Central is associated mm-hmm. with it. It's basically a bunch of shows going on around the city. And granted, New York, at any given night, you'll see some baller lineups for some comedy. Right. It just, you know, throw a, throw a dart at a board and you got great comedy shows and you happen in New York at any given time. But uh, New the, York or L.A.? Who's got comedy? it, Matt? Who's got it? I think New Every York. night of the week. New Every York. night of the New week York. on a regular basis. I think New York does. We just have more places, right? I, well, being in L.A., I feel like L.A., you're competing with star power just mm-hmm. as much as you're dealing with comedian power. Um, so... And from everything I hear, you get up in New York way more often. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, comics can do eight spots a night in New York, and they might do six a week out in L.A., from what I gather. Right. That's the way it's been explained to me, at least. Um, I also think New York comics, like, they're not there to necessarily be celebrities. They're there to be comics. They want to be the best comic they can be. Where in L.A., it's like, oh, maybe this will parlay into something bigger. I'm not saying... I'm, I'm generalizing, of course, but mm-hmm. I think... Uh, I think that's the general vibe I get when I do when I compare New York comics and New, to LA comics. All right, yeah, that's you your asked. Vibe. I did my ask. answer, buddy, and that's your answer. That was the answer. All right, Matt. If you what about you, New York, or LA? Uh, well, I mean, New York. I think okay. New York. Okay. It, it's just there's more opportunity here. Okay. I feel like now LA is and has been expanding for quite some time now. Uh, the the rooms they're letting them do comedy, yeah, just 100%. like just like New York has, but it, it just in sheer volume, you don't have to get in a car to drive to next said place to do a that's spot. True. You can literally walk down the street, yeah, to the true. next spot here. So there's just more opportunity. So I think, yeah. with that said, that's you know it's just the case. It's a numbers thing. Boom. All right, Matt. I I can't believe this. Uh, I can't believe it's already been a year. Um, you know the. I'll, I'll never, in fact, I'll never forget where I was at when I learned that, that, uh, Robin Williams passed away. Where were you? I was outside waiting, uh, with my family in law okay. to attend a meal at a dinosaur barbecue <laughs> in, uh, in Harlem. Wow. And, uh, we were, it was like, it was one of those days where it was super packed, long wait, uh, you know, 60 minutes plus, whatever. They had never been there, so we were, yeah. you were trying to get them in. And so when you wait, you know, you can walk out to the water, you know, on the Hudson, just chill and, like, check out, you know, what is New Jersey, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. for what it's worth. And uh, and I was futzing around on the phone and, and saw the news come in and was like, oh, my God. And her, my wife's family, all huge, huge Robin Williams fans. Now, they, they come from Puerto Rico, and he was somebody that, you know, translated for of them. Of course. You know, and just was big down there and very popular down there and uh and it just was heartbreaking and gut-wrenching and and the fact that it's been a year already is is also a a mind melt but uh the reason i bring this up is not only because it's the anniversary but we we've been this thread of robin williams in in just pop culture and life in general, everyone knows who he is in the world. He's like the Michael Jordan of comedy, if you will. Okay. You know, can I say that? I'm following you so far. Because he's so big in the entertainment industry, both as a comic, as a person that was in television, as a person that was in film, and just a human being who was just entertaining to watch 
him do anything. And, he was uh, multi-generational. Yes, multi-generational as well. So th- this year sneaks up, but um, a good friend of his, Margaret Cho, we, when we were up in Montreal, speaking of Montreal, she did the goddamn Comedy Jam, she which did. we also mentioned. She did. And she did this testimonial about her friendship with Robin and, and how important he was to her and you know as, as her basically comedy father and then dedicated her performance to him and then this is going to be expanded upon in her new special called Psych Cho I Psych, guess is how yeah, we're pronouncing Psycho, this but the C-O is Cho yeah the C-H-O <laughs> is, is, is big uh, and she does a big testimony not only to her but also to um, uh, her mother in comedy who see if you could take a stab at Joan it Rivers, Joan Rivers so uh, it's just, it's, it's not going to go away and I don't think it ever is going to go away and he has more to give, no. you know, he's got one more movie coming out yeah. called absolutely, uh, anything and, uh, he, it's only his voice, but it's a, it's a comedy that comes from Terry Jones of Monty Python and it's just a wacky absurdist comedy where Simon Pegg gets the powers to basically make anything, you know, come come to life or become true and he makes his dog be able to talk and he can understand him and, and Robin Williams is the voice of this dog that sounds like fun and it comes out uh, this Friday in the UK and Ireland mm-hmm. no US rele- release date yet uh, but can't wait to see it everybody's in it the main people are Simon Pegg and, and Kate Beckinsale uh, but of course the focus will be on, on Robin Williams it's um, interesting I mean like you know I mean Robin definitely is going to have a legacy that lasts long beyond you know just what uh beyond us but at the same time it's like you know i think it, to me he could potentially kind of adopt a uh i don't want to say marlon brando because he's one of our finest actors in the world has ever has ever known but like his body of work speaks for itself like these yeah. are tv these are movies that people are going to want to see or they're going to be assigned in a film class of like Go see Dead Poet Society. Mm-hmm. Go see Goodwill Hunting. So I do think he'll live on in that in that element, if nothing else, of just like the incredible body of work that he left behind. So it's interesting. I, and you know, it's 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 weird because like you know, some people have different thoughts about Robin Williams. There's a whole generation of people that think Robin Williams was nothing but a joke thief, right? You know, because that's a an, a prevailing story people had. And actually, it's kind of funny that I heard. Um, uh, Sinbad of all people uh, He was recently doing an interview with Mark Marin On Mark's podcast You know, Again, plugging podcasts that are more popular than ours By accident uh, Sinbad talks about how like you know, Robin Williams saw him and how he became a father of his. So it's very weird because uh, because Sinbad gives a lot of praise to Robin Williams at, at the same time where a lot of people are considering him being a joke thief. And Sinbad is like, Robin was the shit. So he, weird. He treated him. But here's the other thing that's very weird, too, is like Sinbad, another big mentor of his was Bill Cosby. So mm-hmm. it's like, God damn, that's weird for Sinbad. You know, to lose Robin Williams and Bill Cosby, well, figuratively lose Bill Cosby in the same, in a similar vein. So right. Yeah, very very weird, but uh, yeah, Robin's got Robin's multi generational. There's a, there's a level of comics that that think certain ways about him. But there's a level of comics that like absolutely adore him. So, um, and, and he's th- also been through a lot, and and this is one thing that unfortunately gets lost, and hopefully won't. But brings more attention to is, is uh, or are the problems he had to deal with, whether it be you know drugs or alcohol mm-hmm. or yeah. just depression or yeah. whatever. And uh, it really was. I remember the first time. It, it seemed like everybody was comfortable about talking about it once they learned of well, Robin's of course. passing. Well, that's you know? well, that's when people talk about stuff. So that's it's why important. I think, that's why I do think it's very weird when like you hear about a school shooting and people are like, "Now's not the time to talk about." Right. You know, uh, gun control. It's like, no, that's the exact time it's, to talk about it's it. It's when like, you're supposed to. It's when right. you're supposed to. And, I mean, suicide's no joke. If it took down someone with a giant career like Robin Williams, like, it doesn't mean... 
it like can take down anyone. Right. You know what I mean? So like it's mm-hmm. no joke. So like it's definitely something that if you feel like you're having these issues, like call some call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline and that type of stuff. Like there's no harm in asking for help in that type of situations. If if Robin left anything, maybe it's that message of like, listen, this is no joke. It can take down anyone, including giant stars. So right. like get help because it's, there's nothing embarrassing about it. All right. Uh, moving on from from uh, well, one what? one one tragedy to another almost at this point too. Yeah, yeah, dude. All are right. we talking? Are we going to get into Farley or what? What are we doing? I, I, you know, what? let's do that because okay. I was going to move on to something different because I didn't want to. You know, I don't want to bring it bring it down. Well, let's let's throw in a happy story. We throw in Farley then. All right, uh, All right. Goodfellas. Is that a happy story? It is a happy story. <laughs> Actually, Great this, movie. This kind of ties into the whole New York Comedy Festival too. Is yeah. uh, with Burr, his opener, Paul Verzi. Mm-hmm. Is the star of this 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 film, and and Verzi's also opening for uh, for Bill at, at MSG. So that's right. really cool for him. But yeah, so this film we're talking about yeah. uh, took place at the Stand, which is a great comedy club here in New York City. So if you ever make your way here, make sure you check out the Stand. They got great comedy every night, uh, as do really all the clubs. Let's be honest; they like they do, you, you could go anywhere, and it's going to be a great night of comedy here in the city. But um, they did sort of a, a well, Verzi and um, God, Sean was, Patton, Sean Giannis Patton. Pappas, Mike Racine, Aaron Burr. I'm definitely forgetting some other names though. Yeah, you got this on lockdown. Yeah. Well, they uh, they put together this little sort of parody version of. Well, Goodfellas. it's almost like a shot for shot remake, actually, of like that scene from Goodfellas where they do the "Go Get Your Shine Box," right? Uh, you know, where you basically Joe Pesci's character feels like he's been insulted by another person, <laughs> and then basically they end up just beating the crap out of this guy. And but, Sean yeah. Patton is playing the. Uh... He's playing yes the the. Uh, the, why am I spacing on homeboy's name? The older guy that gets his ass beat. Sure. Sean Patton's playing that guy's. I want to say Carl Lagerfeld. That's wrong, though. That Carl Lagerfeld's like a. Yeah, designer. yeah. I think that's from Hot Shots yeah, 3 yeah. or Frank something. Frank Langella. No, Frank Langella's cool. <laughs> Man, Italians all over the place listening to this are like screaming yeah, at Yeah, they're me. like, oh my they're God. Like, How the fuck do you ever get. How do you uh, the greatest movie ever the made? The greatest scene from one of the greatest movies of all time. How do you not. Ah. Don't you have the internet in front of you? <laughs> I do. You I have a Google box. Fucking idiot. I have a Google box in front of me. <laughs> Anyway, um, I want to say Frank Langenel, but that's so wrong. Look, Matt, the yeah. point is, the comics, point is, shot for comics shot do remake. a shot for shot remake of that scene from Goodfellas. So, and like, it's awesome. Paul, Paul Verzi plays the Joe Pesci character. Mm-hmm. Giannis Pappas plays the, I guess that would be the Ray Liotta character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Mike Racine does the De Niro character where he tosses in, like, a little bit, a little bit. Um, so, yeah, they do basically reenact that scene at the stand. Yeah, so check and it out. Instead of someone getting their asses beat. And they make it all about comedy. So instead of like, go get your shine box, let's go get your sign up sheet. Yeah. It's kind of funny. So there's just some really good stuff like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't shine shoes no more. It was replaced with like, I don't do open mics anymore. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of fun. It's a good plug and play. So yeah, check yeah. it out, thelaughbutton.com. We got the video up there for you. And uh, also some news uh, Christopher Guest, if you haven't heard that name for a while, um, he's going to be releasing his next sort of improv film, you know, done in the style that all of his other movies were done. The Man with Actual Six Fingers, we just referenced earlier. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. That's dude, true. Look at me. I'm on fleek today. What the fuck does fleek mean? I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I, I can't believe someone hasn't coined Shot me for fleek week. week yet here in New York City. We oh, haven't had I'm fleek sh- week. I am sure some dumbass has said that. Yeah. All right. So, anyway. Uh, Mascots, the name of this new movie from Christopher Guest. And look, there's very, very little details on this. All I was able to scrounge up was a photo of, uh, it's, I, I can't even call it a movie poster. It's just a logo that says Mascots, premiering exclusively in 2016, uh, a Netflix original film. 
And uh, it, it almost looks like one of these invitation cards you get when you go to movie screenings. And uh, look, it's mascots. I can only imagine it's going to be about the mascotting world. And I can only imagine it's going to be him and his, his crew. The mascotting world. And and the and how competitive it is. The competitive you know, mascotting world. It could be a thing. What a great setting for a comedy from Christopher Guest. Yeah. I'm, I'm stoked for this. I mean, it's been years. I mean, it's been a while. What was the last thing Christopher Guest did? Was it A Mighty Wind? One after that? Is there one uh, after that? Best in Show? No, Best in Show was before Mighty Wind. I don't know. A Prairie Home. He did a, a Prairie Home Companion. Was that him too? There Prairie, was a, Prairie oh, Home no, no, Companion no. is like a. Dude, is that's like show. an old school uh, no. syndicated radio show, uh, the man. Show. But a Prairie Home Rhubarb Companion was pie. the basis for Mighty Wind, I think. Correct. I'm on IMDb right now because I'm looking up the Frank character from Goodfellas. But still Frank, bothering you, huh? Frank Vincent. But I'll, I'll pull up a, uh, I'll pull up Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest, best work on SNL. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. This is Spinal Tap didn't do it for you? Yeah, but like the competitive like uh, synchronized swimming bit, that's like yeah. that's like fucking iconic. That's a legendary bit. It is. All right. Fair and enough. From, from, a, from an era of SNL that not many people remember. Yeah, because there was well. That's the is that part of the the no Lorne Michaels? That yeah, that's during like the uh, yeah like the four or five years that Lorne Michaels wasn't running the show. Mm. Best in show, Spinal Tap, The Princess Bride, of course. A Mighty One was two thousand three. Wow, that long ago already. Yeah, it's been Twelve a while. years ago. It's been a while. So let's see. We got the invention of lying. He By the was way, in that though. underrated movie, man. Okay, sure. You didn't like the invention line. I thought Ricky Gervais was great. Louis C.K.'s in it. Yes. You know, Christopher Guest is in it. I just think it was a neat concept. It was a really cool movie. Okay. People check it out. The invention so, of lying. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure, right. why not? So, yeah, the invention of lying, I think, is the last thing. That's 2009, according yeah. to IMDb. So it's been well, some time. Well, there's for your consideration. That might be what you were thinking. Yeah, that's, yeah, what, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. But then, you know, other than that, he's done, like, you know, random Fallon appearances and stuff like that. For your consideration, I think, is what you're last thinking of. Yeah, buddy. All right. So excited for that. Again, uh, Netflix stepping up their game when it comes to comedy. They are just Dude, balling totally. right now. All right. So uh, let's get, let's, I don't want to say get this out of the way, but let's talk Chris Farley because. Yeah. Yeah, it's making me sad, man. But it's Chris, what a tragic story, too, with him. Uh, I feel like he's one of those guys that burst onto the scene, crushed it, and then he was gone. And you're like... Well, 100%. This guy I mean, needed, like, he needed to be around for 40 years. He died at 33. <sighs> like, like that's younger than me right now. So it's 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 weird. So the documentary I Am Chris Farley was released in movie theaters, a limited release at the end of the, at the end of last month. Mm-hmm. Spike re-aired it this week. Uh, I think Tuesday night. Good on Spike. Good on Spike. They basically aired it, and there's a couple airings, and it's called I Am Chris Farley. Now you saw this. I I, did. I have I this did. in my queue. I'm ready to watch this probably tonight. Okay. Um, and I, so I haven't seen it, but you're not going to ruin anything for me. No, no, no. You know the story, right? Like, I know, you know the what story. To him. So what's the tone? Like, how do they present this thing? What what sort of tone is it? Is it a dark tone? It's not. Is and it, I think that's actually. If I had one criticism of the documentary, that's it. Okay. Is that the Farley story is dark and it's sad. Like it's a very sad story. Mm-hmm. Like. I mean, Chris Farley, for all intents and purposes, was he was the kid that wanted to make everyone happy. Mm-hmm. He was the puppy that kept coming back after you would chew him away or push him away. And like so because of that, he was willing to almost do anything. And a lot of it was drinking and drugging to excess to kind of keep the party going and make sure everyone in the room was happy. And he was never able to kind of like... 
decompress and take off like that sad cl- that sad clown makeup and because of that it ultimately killed him so that's like very depressing part of the story of Chris Farley but the documentary really does just try to shine on the, 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 the happy parts the light and what the documentary establishes very early on is literally he from the jump he was Chris Farley from right. the time he was a child he was Chris Farley he was the funniest guy in the room he was doing anything for a joke he was he was goofing off he was getting into trouble like he, he didn't choose celebrity like it was like born into him so it's really interesting seeing that from the get go and like there's a ton of stories and it seems like almost everything that you saw on SNL was like a character he created or something he did in real life or you know he'd he'd pick on he'd pick up girls in college by like doing push ups and being like 99 100 oh you know like so like it sounds like the Chris Farley that we knew at least personally, I'm not personally uh, publicly was a, was almost like a, what he's done his entire life. And he just brought the show to SNL and the, and movies too. And the movies. When, when you're talking about the picking up girls thing, I immediately think of Tommy the, Boy. Yeah, Tommy the Boy. The pool scene is and and, 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 and what I didn't know is the girl in the pool scene was his girlfriend at the time in real a, life. He was a former Victoria's Secret model. What? He dated in real life, and that was another interesting part of the documentary they touched on briefly was didn't know that um, because he had such this great presence publicly, he was very attractive to women. Like Christina Applegate and Bo Derek and mm-hmm. his girlfriend, they're like, listen, it's not like the traditional standards of beauty, but it was something very attractive about him being Chris Farley. Just being awesome. Yeah, just being like awesome and crushing it. And Lorne Michaels called it like, uh, like how he, he basically, I forget the exact terminology he used, but he just basically says like, like it's, it's frustrating how impossibly easy performing came to him and you hear like David Spade or Sandler being like that guy had to write nothing when he was on SNL because everyone wanted to write for him right he just performed and the one time he tried to write something it was such a failure but everyone loved him so much they all dove in to help write his bit so like I don't want to say he had it easy not at all but at the same time it's like it, it was very effortless you know and Bob Odenkirk was probably the most surprising part of the documentary okay Bob Odenkirk wrote for a lot of them for uh, Second City when he was over there and they studied under Del Close you know who's mm-hmm. a, an improv pro a legend actually um, but Odenkirk kind of like is like it's the best thing I'll ever did I've ever done like he's like my children ask me what's the best thing you've ever done and he's like right for Chris Farley so like and Odenkirk helped him develop the Matt Foley character and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff um, but then Odenkirk gets really real at one point he's like I, I I view him as a legend up until a point and that point is when you drink and drug yourself to death so like that's a lot of the tone that people had. Mike Myers tells a lot of stories where they get, they almost get so frustrated that he's not there anymore that they're like angry at him. They're right? Like, Fuck you for leaving me, Chris Farley. Almost. Yeah, it's almost like yeah. Yeah, they get there, and and you know what? Understood. It sounds like he was a he was a, by all intents and purposes like there wasn't a bad evil bone in the guy's body, but he just had a lot of demons that were always there. Now. Uh, it, with this documentary and like any documentary, people want to see things they've never been able to see before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, are we getting a good chunk of of you're, you're not, found footage? You're or, not going to uh, see much footage that you haven't seen already. Like you know, uh, it pulls a lot from his SNL and Second City stuff uh, and his movies, obviously. Um, but then there's also like you know a couple Letterman interviews he's done. He did like two big interviews with Letterman. But like you're not going to see any footage you haven't seen before. But you're going to learn some insight from the family and all of his friends talk about. It. I mean, like everyone from. Like, you know, like, I mean, Jay Moore's in it, Bob Saget's in it, you got Odenkirk, like I said, you got 
you got Sandler, you got Spade, uh, you got Molly Shannon, you got Lorne Michaels, you got like you got everyone. Dan Aykroyd, you know, like there's wow. a ton of talent that are talking about Chris Farley, John Lovitz. Um, but at the same time, uh, you're not going to see something you haven't seen before in the documentary. It just tries really, really hard to kind of remain on the light in the positive stuff. Where sometimes you're like, ah, I could see Mike Myers has got like something to follow up that statement with. Like Mike Myers is probably going to crack after this bit because you could tell it still weighs very heavily on Mike Myers' psyche that Chris is gone. And like instead of them actually maybe letting Mike Myers kind of spew that part of it out, they either edit it or just he, they they tell him not to do that part. Gotcha. So like, yeah. So a lot of the, right. a lot of the talent they interview, you can tell there's all there's like a there's a thing there where they're not really fucking happy that their friend is gone, and they still even after being dead for 18 years are kind of pissed off about the whole situation because he was such a loved guy. Right. Um, well, it's very a, frustrating loss, man. It's a very interesting place to be in, though. But, like, you look at it, you're like, how effortless it was. And Christina Applegate talks about, like, the Matt Foley introduction character, how she's like, I had one line and I couldn't make any eye contact with anyone because if I had this one line and if I fucked it up, like, and, like she was just, like, talking about how, like, she was witnessing greatness with the Matt Foley introduction or how Mike Myers was talking about how he had to keep a straight face during the Chippendales thing and how that kind of weighed heavily on Farley. Like, do I do that? Do I be the fat guy and do the fat guy joke? So there definitely were a lot. Of, it's a very interesting documentary. It's very real. It's very raw. But, like, there's definitely there's definitely a, a, the narrative is trying to keep it more positive and keep it more in the light where right. they could have kind of let it go a little dark sometimes. All right, uh, some TV news for everybody. Again, go to thelaughbutton.com. We got all this information up up there for you in greater detail. Uh, I just want to run through a couple of these real quick. Showtime's got a new pilot coming out called I'm Dying Up Here. And the cool thing about this yeah. project is it's executive produced by Jim Carrey, and it's all about the L.A. comedy scene in the 1970s. Instantly intriguing to me. me it's, too. it's based off a, a, a book. Uh, from a stand-up comedian, Dave uh, Fiabote, and uh, Jim Carrey's uh, working alongside him to put this thing together. Uh, super pumped about that project. George Lopez is coming back to TV. He gets a straight-to-series order, no messing around. Boom. He's going to TV land. And it's called what? It's called Lopez. That's all. Is, that's all that was left. I know. I know. George was, Lopez show already happened. There was a George Lopez, Lopez tonight. Show, there was Lopez tonight. There was Saint George. Yep. Yeah. So Lopez. That was the only thing left. So he's 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 gonna do a show called. The Lopez. next one's gonna be called G Lopez. G Lo maybe. Or G Lo. G Lo or that, George Lo. Something. Yeah, well, something. let's hope it doesn't get to that, and he just yeah. has a, a, a successful run here on TV Land with the semi. Autobiographical comedy. Aren't they all semi-autobiographical? They are. They are, and they're all just an extension of who they're these people are. They're all just based are. loosely on, upon your life, right? Uh, unfortunately, Web Therapy got canceled. If you're a fan of that, I never on really Showtime. watched that show. Uh, four seasons, man. Four seasons. I never watched it. Yeah, I didn't either. But uh, cool concept, and well, that's why yeah. shows go off the air, Matt. You don't watch them, so. <sighs> Now, here's something that's coming back to television yeah. that hasn't been on the air for 23 years, if my math's correct. Johnny Carson's hosted version of The Tonight Show, when, yeah. uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say there, when Johnny Carson was the host of The Tonight Show, uh, that went off the air in May, I think it was May of, of uh, 1992. That wow. sounds right. God. Um, 
it's coming back. There's this channel called Antenna TV. Now, I'm a cord cutter, right? So okay. I don't have cable anymore. But, uh, you know, I have ways of seeing things. You know, I have friends who you have know, cable. You know people with the old ultranet. I, I know. <laughs> so, so look, the, the bottom line is there, there's this channel that, that my wife and I love called Antenna TV. And they just rerun, you know, Three's Company and uh, One Day at a Time and all these old shows. And they're bringing The Tonight Show starring Johnny Carson back hmm. to compete against, against The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. Fallon, Kimmel, Jeez. Colbert, you know, and it's going to overlay the daily show. Like the time slot yeah. they have in it, it's literally touching all of these shows. Huh. So it's it's a very interesting move. I mean, a smart move. Look, if yeah. you're antenna TV and you want to draw some attention, look, this is the way to do it. And you're, you're showing reruns anyway. Uh, but... Um, I mean, this is this is actually kind of cool. It if is. you're somebody that knows about this legend that yeah. is Johnny Carson, it's kind of like your opportunity to go back and watch it. What are some of your best Johnny Carson Tonight Show memories? Do you have any? Ooh, Jim Carrey. Okay. Um, uh, one that that didn't happen, but just the story about Jerry Seinfeld waiting to yeah. perform. I, yeah. I, it tells me how powerful this show was. Oh, dude, and He's and a how kingmaker. right, and how kingmaker. important this show was. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think uh, Stephen Wright in his first appearance I, is a big deal, right? I personally loved the Don Rickles appearances. Okay, on the well, the, I mean, it's Don Rickles. I mean, yes, but it was like Don Rickles at his peak. Don Rickles, right? You know, like like Don Rickles hasn't lost much of a step. He can't walk, but like the guy is still sharp as shit with the sure. brain. But like he and Johnny, like I think that's why like people like Johnny Carson and Frank Sinatra love the Rickles because Rickles didn't give a shit who you were, right? Like you were he open was a great season. Ball buster, you were man. open season, like Frank Sinatra. People thought could have people killed. Don Rickles didn't give a shit. He was like, "Fuck you, Frank <laughs> right. Sinatra." Like you know, yeah. like you hear all these great stories about like Don, you know, Don having dinner with some friends and, and and sees Frank Sinatra and says, "Hey, Frank, could you come over and say hi to me while I'm at the table and impress my friends?" And then Frank would walk over and say, "Hey, Don," and Don would say something like, "Not now, Frank." Yeah, you yeah. Know, like, or or like, dude, dude, I'm talking to you. Yeah, know, I'm talking to you. Like, interrupting but like me. one of my so favorite great. stories is like when he would appear on the Tonight Show and he used to he would host when Johnny would take a night or two off. Right. There was the one episode where. Uh, someone was hosting. Someone was sitting in for Johnny. Don Rickles comes on, and there's an ashtray on the table, uh, and 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 Rickles hits the ashtray, and the ashtray breaks. Okay. And then Rickles has this whole meltdown, like, "Oh my God, I broke Johnny's ashtray!" <laughs> Flips out on the show. Johnny knows none of this. Fast forward to the next night. Now Rickles used to shoot a show. Well, I think it was what, the CP Sharky, CK Sharky show. The next, the next sound room over from the Tonight Show. Okay. okay? So Carson's taping the next night at the same time. Rickles is taping his show the next studio over the next time. Carson realizes that the thing is broken. And he's like, oh, my God, who broke this? And everyone in the audience is like, it was Rickles. It was Rickles. <laughs> so Carson gets a microphone on, on like live to tape television and walks across the sound booth and walks into Don Rickles' live taping and says, that. what the fuck are you doing breaking my ashtrays? <laughs> and then there's this great exchange between Carson and Rickles going on. Like, I love watching that type of stuff because like Rickles was like incredible. Well, it like, sounds like you're going to be a cable cutter. Just do it. Just do a quick. Some... Well, just go like look online. You can go look on this. Don't and, do, destroy this. I'm sorry, but. But Come like on. you can find just, just search Don Rickles and on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Look up any of his appearances; they're right. fucking fantastic. But uh, those are my brightest, v most vivid memories of the Tonight Show, where Don Rickles just like. And I don't think I was even like I was young when the, when that stuff happened. Like oh that, sure, like I was super young. So well, like I might have seen them in reruns or somewhere else. But like I just always remember Don Rickles being on the Tonight Show, like a, something you'd like you'd wait up for. Mm -hmm. oh my God, Rickles was on the Tonight Show last night. You know, like I just remember that. 
definitely remembered the last episode of Johnny Carson as well. I was in the, I had the top bunk of yeah. uh, two bunk beds, my brother. Okay. And I had this old Zenith 13 inch black and white TV uh-huh. with it. It only had the 13 channels yeah, available yeah. with the knob. And I remember pretending to go to bed and then waking, you know, fake waking up later and then, and then watching that final episode of I, Carson. If I'm not I mistaken, remember that. If I'm not mistaken, Bette Midler sang them off. One, uh, one for the road, I think is what the song was. I don't remember anything about the I, show I other than Bette Midler doing singing, that. singing that song and him being like, yeah, good night. Wow. Johnny Carson. That's it. Peace. Well, yeah, he's dude. back. He's back. Yeah, dude. So check out Relive all those memories. There's some good ones. All right. Last thing we'll say, Rick and Morty renewed for a third season on Adult Swim after the debut of season two triples the numbers. So congrats to everybody that's involved yeah. Rick and Morty. That's pretty impressive. All those impressive. community people went over and found their new life in Dan Harmon over on Rick and Morty. They did. And it's blowing Have up. Have you watched man. that documentary, Harmontown, by the way? I haven't yet. It's a good documentary. I got some docs to catch up yeah, on, dude. man. I've and been getting sucked up. You know what it is? I'm getting sucked into the... Uh, uh, two two different things of, of documentaries. One, the any Koch brothers documentary. Oh, really? I'm, like, I'm oh, knee yeah. deep in that right really? now. Really? Okay. And then I'm also knee deep in, in knee deep in any sort of like environmental, like uh, where does bottled water come from? Like I'm just in a crazy like yeah. health mode right now. Like uh, like a Gasland. Have you watched seen Gasland? No. Gasland one and Gasland two. They they're about fracking. Okay. They're hard to watch because you know they're hap- that shit's happening. Yeah, and it's and like, heartbreaking. Uh, and clearly they had to make a sequel because yeah. the first shit didn't solve anything. I don't but know like, if I can watch that, man. It's 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 pretty eye opening. It's a good <laughs> documentary to watch. We we uh yeah we're documentary nuts over here. All right, so let's get to the interview. It's uh well first again it's a we, <laughs> we have almost like a transformer type uh, interview here. It's Todd Glass into Alonzo Bowden from Montreal's Just for Laughs Comedy Festival uh, that happened last month. So uh, here it is right now. Hey, I manage Jim Gaffigan. I'm Alex Murray. <laughs> Who cares, right, everybody? <laughs> hey, I'm Alex Murray. Jim Gaffigan has a new show on TV Land. Who gives a shit? Where's Alex? Who cares, Alex? <laughs> That's a that's a familiar voice right there, and it's uh, owned by Todd Glass. Todd, who are you yelling at now? That's man? My favorite thing to do is like find. I'm gonna put my glasses on because I feel better. <laughs> to find somebody at the festival, it's usually right. like last year I did it to John Mulaney, and you find them and they're walking around, and then you just you hide behind a pillar. See, the thing is, everyone knows it's not the person, but you go, "I'm John Mulaney. I've got a brand new show," and it's someone who <laughs> is usually I think the shyer the better. John's pretty, yeah, in a way, shy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, so I like to do it to people like that sometimes, but they still love it, even though they run, they themselves go hide behind a pillar. But um, <laughs> the, the joke is, it started with this guy Gary Mann, who uh, is, um, you know, he, uh, uh, I want to say he works at Comedy Central. Um, uh, but yeah, that sounds so official. It sounds yeah, so clinical. Say, em- employed by Comedy Central? Yeah, Does that make it better or worse? He's an executive at Comedy Central. <laughs> there you go. And I used to do it to him to every event. I would go, I'm Gary Man, goddammit. I can't believe the bar is shut. And then I duck and come up again and go, all right, shut up, Gary. You're disrespectful. You know, just, it's, a, it's so over the top and obnoxious. But it's so Todd Glass, and I love that about you, man. It's my favorite man. thing. It's silly. I just did it to my old manager because Jim Gaffigan, I'm like, I'm Alex Murray, and uh, and my new cl- my client, Jim Gaffigan, has a new show on TV land. And then I come right up, I duck behind the other. All right, who gives a shit? 
No one cares. The same joke. I'm repeating myself. You're going to edit this down, right? Uh, sure. Why not? Right, how, sure. how far down do you want me to edit? Well, to? Just like a hello and a goodbye? Or that last you... story would, uh, would probably be about 30 seconds. Uh, <laughs> we edit it down to 30 seconds. What's, uh, do you know Alonzo Bowden? Of course I know Alonzo Bowden. We were roommates. We were roommates. Wait, wait. Hold on. Alonzo, get over here. Alonzo is my favorite. I didn't even see you. Did, I, I said it. Voice. Did you hear me? Wait, hold on. Alonzo, you, <laughs> you were roommates with Todd Glass? How did that go? Glassy and I were roommates on season two of Last Comic Standing. Oh, shit, that's right. That's, that's right. right, man. And uh, that show, of course, is back. So, um, Whenever it comes back, does that unearth memories for you of just, like, your experience with it? Because it's, how, how long ago was your it's season already? It's been ten years since we Holy did it. Holy shit, a whole decade. And we, yeah, and we had a great time. And it's funny because this morning... I guess the premiere was last night or something. Right. But this morning there were a bunch of tweets about how much they loved us back on season two. Okay. So I appreciate that. And that, of course, is the, the famous season that got killed no, right, that right was before the finale? Three. Oh, that was season three? Season three got killed right before the finale. Wow. Was, but season two was um, Heffron won it, uh, but it was me, Heffron, Todd Glass, Gary Goldman, Kathleen Madigan, Jesus, man, what Tammy a... Pescatelli, Corey Holcomb, Ant, Wow, Jay London. Yeah, Jesus, that was uh, that was. You know what that years. is? That's like looking back at like uh, you know how some. <laughs> Todd yeah, Glass. he's like that all the time. Yeah, all the time, that's right? Life with Todd Glass. <laughs> so, looking back at your, uh, let's call this draft class with Last Comic Standing, it's like it's like looking back at one of those uh, NBA drafts where you're like, holy shit, man, this thing was loaded to the bone. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the thing. We were the all headliner season. There was there were no middle acts on our season. I guess Jay London. Well, Jay London was just Jay, but uh, <laughs> I don't know how you categorize Jay London. But yeah, that was the thing. It was uh, it was a season all headliners. Everybody was killing, and we loved it. Now he didn't get confused with Joan London. That wasn't part of the problem. No, was Joan. It? Joan's not funny at all, and uh, <laughs> I think right. Jay has better hair. I agree with that. All right, so Alonzo, good to see you again, man. I feel like it's been, uh, well, first of all, it's been too long, but I feel like it's been even longer than that, and that's not cool. It's been some time, but, yeah. uh, you know, we're always at the festival. Yep. And what ha now, I was up here, this year I got to watch the festival be built. It was actually kind of cool. We, yeah, you've been I, here for a little bit now. I hosted the ethnic show, so uh -huh. we got here, I got here July 7th. And St. Catherine, the street out in front where everything is, mm -hmm. was literally empty. And we watched them bring in the, you know, the trucks, sure, the cranes, yeah. the, build the stages, build, you know, the uh, food and vendor stuff. And so, yeah, so this year I actually say I watched the festival come together. But it's been great, as always. And, right. uh, yeah, that's, I don't know what... I don't know what else to tell you. Well, Alonzo, uh, you say this this term ethnic, an ethnic show. Obviously, you're a black person, but do, do you feel like that's a weird thing to call something like the ethnic show? This like, is, uh, funny is funny, right? The funniest thing they told me, they said, listen, you're black in Canada. That's not really ethnic. They said that doesn't even, like, that doesn't even count. Right, right. So, but, uh, you know, we had the Moroccan and an Egyptian and we had the Nigerian and uh, Italian, so we pretty much covered everything. Now, you know why they called it ethnic show? This is a thing, and this was a big thing I joked about, that in the States, people are caught up in that, and it's a politically correct thing, and they're all worried about saying the wrong shit. Right. But up here, they get the spirit of it. 
whatever your ethnic background is, you have humor about that. So Ahmed Ahmed has humor about being Egyptian. I have humor about being black. Um, Frank has humor about being Italian. Ronnie has humor about being Chinese. You know, um, Natterman. Natterman had a great joke. He said, I'm not doing any Jewish material. I'm just going to do material while I stand here and look Jewish. You know, and, and that's, the, that's the beauty of the ethnic show. I, I was the host. I said, everybody here is going to, we're going to try to insult everyone equally. So it was, no, it, it's not a bad thing. It's perfect. Humor's humor, but this is a, a, you know, it's like you can laugh at yourself. Now, Alonzo, i got to talk uh, motorcycles with you because I know you love to yeah. ride and you're all over this stuff. Magazines galore. Um, is there a bucket list for you of bikes you just need to sit on, not even ride? Uh, my dad has an old Harley from, like, the 60s that's uh, in the garage and hasn't seen the light of day for about 30 years. That's frustrating to most motorcyclists. I think you should grab your dad's Harley, clean it up, and sell it. But, no, uh, the bucket list for me is trips. I want to ride in Europe. I want to ride the Alps. Um, I want to go to a motorcycle race in Spain or Italy because I love um, MotoGP, which is a top-level racing. And over there, it's a huge sport. So going to a, like here, I go to the MotoGP races, but there, it's a hundred thousand people who are all fans, you know. So it's a whole different energy. So I, I want to experience that. So that's like the just for laughs of moto, like moto. Yeah, well, you know what? It's like Formula One racing. Right. It's like F1 racing, which where when the race comes in, it is a uh, it's an event. Mm-hmm. It's it's an event. So I want to I want to experience that. I've been lucky enough to own most of the bikes that I've wanted to own. Um, there's a couple of bikes, the Ducati, Desmo Sedici, and that cost. Now you could probably find one fifty-something thousand dollars. I don't want to commit to spending that much. I'm gonna let Leno handle that. <laughs> That's a good call. That's yeah, a good call. yeah. Jay got that. <laughs> well, maybe you could. Uh, I don't know. It's. Do you, do you ever go to like a shop and just be like, yeah, can I test this one, knowing you're not gonna buy it, but you just want to, you know? I am so lucky, Mark. Places call me and what? ask me. Yeah, I got to ride. There's a new American motorcycle called the Moto, uh, Modus. Mm-hmm. And it's these guys in Alabama. And they built this V4 sport bike. And they, they said, if you're ever in the area, come down. We'll show you the factory, take you for a ride. I did that a couple, about a month ago, a month and a half ago, and it was it was a blast, and the bike's amazing. I may get one one day, but they were like, no, we just want you to you know check it out and have fun. So I'm lucky enough to do that. The people from Indian Motorcycles called. They said, we're doing a big thing in Sturgis. We'll fly you in, give you an Indian to ride for like five days and what? tour. So that kind of stuff is really, yeah. That's that's like a side bonus of being on TV. Yeah, now Alonzo, and, you you've know. made it, man. You officially no, made it. No, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, this is what I say. They loan them to me, okay. they give them to Leno. You see the difference, Mark? You see where that line is? I gotcha. So I'm doing all right. I ain't complaining, but they give them to Jay. And so you got a beef with, with Jay. Um, all right, uh, Alonzo, what's really chapping oh, your you hide know, these days? You know days? who else is into bikes? And this is a very cool surprise. Chappelle. What? I didn't know that. He rides Ducatis. No way. And the reason I know is he hangs out at a Ducati dealer 
in Portland. It's, it's the biggest, most successful Ducati place in the country, and a friend of mine owns it. He runs it. Okay. And he said, yeah, man, Dave comes in here whenever he's in Portland. And I was like, no shit. So we were talking a little about uh, riding ducks. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty sweet, man. Yeah. All right, so what's on your mind these days, Alonso, and what are you up to here? Like, uh, anything chapping your hide, or is anything exciting you these days? You know, outside it, of bikes I'm, and comedy? I'm tell you, oh, outside of bikes and comedy, yeah. I have no life. That's all I got. That's it. Um, but there's, you know, my personal, my career is going good, and it is, and it always has been, man. I, I it's you shouldn't have solid. to say that. You know it's been I mean? solid. I, 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 t I tell people, I haven't hit the home run yet but I've always been on base. I've always been in the game. I, I told Robbie, who books the uh, talent for this festival, I've become the utility outfielder. I'm a utility player. So it's like, hey, we got an ethnic show. Alonzo can run that. We got a, we got a date night. Alonzo can handle that. Oh, we got a late night spot at Comedy Works. Where the, there's Alonzo. Hey, we got a political gala. Alonzo got that, guy, you know, so, and I love that spot. It's fun, it's fun to do. Uh, it's, not like watching two women compare skirts in Montreal. Every now and then, you see things in this city. There are women in this city that, like, beautiful and sexy. They don't even describe whatever aura they're carrying. It's just really, like, you're not looking at me right now. And you don't even know who that is, but yeah. you're checking her out from head to toe. And, head to toe. and then you look over here to the right, and that one's hotter. Honestly, this town. It is Montreal, my friend. It is Montreal. Can you imagine being a father in Montreal, <laughs> like having a daughter? If you have Wait, a, daughter, a single father? No, or, or I, mean, <laughs> I mean having a daughter. Yes, yeah, if, it would be if terrible. If you had a daughter in her 20s in Montreal, you'd be like, I guess they just give up. I guess they just like, there's yeah. nothing I can do about it. Yeah, I think you kind of know that going in, yeah. right? It's just, uh, it's part of the deal. Yeah, but um, uh, I'm right there with you, man. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you. I heard this is the greatest, you know, strip club barkers, you know, the guys out front. The greatest line I've ever heard. I was walking by. He was like, we got more contact than the NFL. And I said, you know, you almost <laughs> got me to afternoon strip club with that. And, you know, afternoon strip club is never good. Well, like that's the, the mother-daughter team. The girls on the good. day shift are never <laughs> never at their peak. But that was a line that I was like, you almost got me with that one. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Alonzo, election year is going to be coming up soon. How are you feeling about this? Winds of change? Are we going to... What's going on in your brain right now? Well, what's going to happen? I mean, I'm not really getting into it yet. You know I love doing politics yeah. and politicians. But we're in the idiot phase of the election now, right? So Donald Trump is the lead idiot. And it's almost too easy to make fun of Donald Trump. Like It's like low-hanging fruit, you know? Donald Trump is such an idiot that Fox News fired Sarah Palin. They were like, you're not even stupid enough to compete with what we got here. So, so. New faces, and you see the woman he's with? How does that work? How does that, hello. Well, new faces these days, Alonzo, have already been tagged and bagged, right? New I faces. Think. <laughs> new faces, and he was with a solid 9.8. But anyway, so so once the idiots go away, Trump and Cruz, and yeah. then, then it'll get real. I'll probably get into it this fall. Um, the Democrats have the edge with Hillary Clinton, but there's no race the Democrats can't lose from the front. 
they they will blow this somehow. Um, uh -oh. No, I hope. No, I don't think yeah, they don't will. Don't tell me that. I think Hillary Clinton's going to be our next president. Next week, I'm doing an event in Washington D.C. and I'm going to meet Cory Booker, who is a senator from New Jersey and a fast rising national. So I'm going to joke with him about when he's president in eight years. I want to do that state dinner, you know, where they always have a comic. Yeah, so, get dibs, get dibs. Yeah, maybe now. he'll remember me. He'll say, I remember you. I gave the job to Key and Peele. Anyway. <laughs> oh, Lonzo, it's always good to see you, man. Um, so what else you got left in the docket here? Uh, because you are the Ben right. Zobrist of JFL. I got to run out on you right now yeah. because I see the line for the elevator. I got to go grab my stuff. I'm doing Wanda Sykes Gala nice. tonight at 7. So I got to get over there. And that's, I mean, it, there couldn't be a better show to work on than, you know, working with Wanda. It's nice being a comic and getting to work with a brilliant comic. So, and she saw me last night. She said, you ready for the show? And I'm like, yeah. And I saw how she treated the roast. So yeah, I'm, you were at that one? Yeah. I got to bring my A game because Wanda ain't putting up with no bullshit, right? You saw her last night. Wanda's, I love Wanda because she's a purist. She's like, you're a comic. You prepare, you work, you don't read from your notes. You, you know, I'm with that. So I'm looking forward to it. So let me get out of here, Mark. Well, always good to see you, man. Congrats on the success, you, and we'll see you soon, all right? All right, man. Thank you. All right, that was Alonzo Bowden preceded by Todd Glass. Uh, I, I really appreciate it, too. Like, in the middle of the interview, uh, Alonzo actually takes a breath, and you just hear Todd in the background <laughs> of course yelling. You do. He, like, this is 10 minutes later, yeah, of course. Yeah. Todd, is, Todd, is, Todd is a god amongst men. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe Todd. He's just—he's so uniquely Todd Glass. He's got the best Phil Phil Donahue impression on the. On he does. Earth. He does. All right. Uh, also up on the laughbutton.com, you got to watch uh, four minutes of comics destroying hecklers. That's oh, a great clip. It's brilliant. Great it's clip. just just watch it and then don't be that guy. Also on the laughbutton.com, dude. Got some contests, right? Contest. We're Lewis Black contest. He's touring all over the country on the Rainas Do Part Do tour. We're running some contests for some stuff. Literally from Maine to Santa Barbara, California. He's doing the entire country for the next couple months. Um, and then we're also running a contest for Jim Norton. We're running some contests for a bunch of stuff. So it's Lewis Black, Jim Norton. We just ran one with Joe McHale. We just ran one for some shows in Brooklyn. We're on contest roll right now. So go to the left button, follow our socials, see how I can enter those contests. Also, got a web store. We do. Boom. And uh, and it's working because we've sold some shit. Yeah, we're selling some shirts. <laughs> and for the next two days, by the time you get this, it'll be the next one day. By yep. the time you listen to this podcast, we're, there's, a, there's a sale. I think it's like a 20% off sale. You can buy cool. anything on the store. We got for, some killer uh, shirts up there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are like, with the shirts we got, the designs, we're going to uh, collaborate with some comedians about some designs, too, and some other stuff, too. So the web store, go to the laughbutton.com, get a web store. And uh, if you uh, want to be swagged out any cool comedy merch, we got you covered. We've got your comedy covered. And now, your torso yeah right? we need to trademark that TM I think uh, comedy cover well, proof it's verbally been recorded okay, I don't know we'll perfect. figure it out alright at the laugh button and all the socials be sure to follow us on all of those and download this podcast tell your friends about it it's look we're the sports center of comedy if you want your news <laughs> and all things going on in the comedy universe the laughbutton.com is your place to go and this podcast is your place to listen to it and uh, for Matt Kleinschmidt who is at I am Kleinschmidt it's mm -hmm. 
It's just so it's such a pain in the ass to say that. I man. am Kleinschmidt. Well, here's why. At I am Kleinschmidt. I was going to put Matt Kleinschmidt, but Matt has four letters and I am as three. And oh, you my, needed that I one. I needed that one letter, dude. Why weren't you just at Kleinschmidt? Because someone else took it. Someone took that. Someone took it, but they don't use it. Right, not one of those. If guys. anyone on Twitter can get at me to give me the actual Kleinschmidt, at oh. Kleinschmidt, I'll be down for that. All right, I'm at Mark says hi. Simple enough. Got a question for you, Matt. What's that? Do you enjoy movies about gladiators? Sure. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.